Good afternoon or good morning to everybody out there that's joining us on the TZE. Uh, this is episode number 20, and boy, we've got an exciting episode today. We're, we're excited to share. It's his first time, uh, or one of his first times, being on a podcast like this. So we're honored that he, he has joined us today. And I'll introduce our guest, Marty Parker, a little more in a minute. But if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. If you're a returning subscriber and uh, someone that listens to us frequently, thanks for, thanks for all you do. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, if you're not subscribed and you want to follow us, there's multiple ways to do that. We're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple. Heck, you can go in and Google TZE and you'll find all of our, our different uh, media outlets that this plays on. And so we just, we're, we're thankful to have you, thankful you, for you to spend a few minutes with you. And we never take that for granted. Just, just thanks out there to the audience. We've had a lot of fun with this in 2023 and um this is our second episode we're taping in 2024 so Joe, jordan and i have had a lot of fun with this and all of our guests so so thank you on that and without further ado i always go in and i give a little little background of our our guest and the day we've got uh, you all hear this theme often we've got what i consider a friend and a business colleague and just a, an, an amazing person a good person somebody that came into my life about three or four years ago through a connection with, with Drew Eubank, one of the other co-founders, and uh, is now uh, on our external advisory board. Uh, we, we support him and some of his initiatives that he'll share with you later today through, through some of his pro professional endeavors at the University of Georgia, supply chain um, college, Terry College of Business. I probably butchered that. And uh, just a good human being, good person. Um, Marty Parker, and uh, let me give you a little background on Mr. Parker. Uh, he is—he's uh, currently got a couple companies, and he—I won't give near enough color to this, Marty. So you're going to have to have to share and fill in the, the blanks. But today, his current two jobs are—he's a senior lecturer at the University of Georgia, the Terry College of Business. Or Terry—you can get that in a minute, Marty. I'm sure I messed it up, but. Uh, the business school at the University of Georgia. Go dogs, right? We, we got some stuff. Show, show them your logo, Marty. Show them the dog. Go dogs. And then uh, he's recently just started and, and, and made, a, made a new career, new, uh, a new company called Adapt Advising that we're excited for him to share some more with us about it today. And it just, I'm going to give you a little bit of Marty's background. So he has many roles and responsibility, but there's one motto that guides all of his endeavors and everything he does. It's to to help students and companies grow and succeed. Uh, Marty's the senior lecturer at the University of Georgia. Here it is right in front of me. Terry College of Business in the supply chain management in MBA programs. He teaches a variety of classes. Marty also, as we said, recently launched his new venture, Adapt, Adapt Advising, which aims to revolutionize business consulting with a mission to guide you on the best path forward tailor-made for your success. A few of Marty's accomplishments include being recognized with the 2023 Outstanding Terry Faculty Service Award, the 2023 Hugh O. Nurse Outstanding MBA Teacher Award, the 2021 Outstanding Terry Teaching Award, and the 2020 Leanne Sewell Faculty Recognition Award while lecturing at the University of Georgia, the Terry College of Business. Um, he is also responsible for launching the University of Georgia Supply Chain Advisory Board, which Zion's part of. Drew and I served in that capacity on it. And crafting and executing many successful supply chain programs, 
through consulting and, and his work as a fractional CX, COO. Um, so Marty, I gave a good background in there. Welcome to the show. Hopefully we don't have any first show jitters. I think you're going to just do awesome at this. I told him it's easy. We were cracking up a little at some, some jokes that we probably should have recorded before we got here, but welcome to the show, Marty, and just fill in the blanks. Did I, did we do a good job of giving a background on Marty and what else would you like our audience to know? Yeah. So you, you did a, you did a great job, Jimmy, and thrilled to be here. Love Zion. Love what you guys are doing and uh, kind of automating and changing the world in supply chain. Um, you know, I had a long career um, and, and worked in several different industries. And then at just one point in my life, wanted to give back. And uh, my uh, mom was a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher. Terry College of Business approached me. And uh, it, it's been life changing for me. And uh, I, I just follow that motto. I help students and companies grow and succeed. Uh, and after teaching for about a year, I, I worked as a partner at TechCXO, as you know, uh, doing uh, fractional C-suite consulting in supply chain and manufacturing companies, uh, helping them, you know, with inventory management, implementing ERPs, um, you know, um, looking at um, uh, improving their e-com. You know, you, you, Drew came in to help me with the project on that. And... Um, you know, now I am, uh, you know, at my age, believe it or not, starting a new business where uh, I'm going to do less sort of what I would call C-suite consulting and more uh, almost matchmaking where uh, someone is in, you know, they're, they're have, they have to do supply chain, they have to do manufacturing. They don't know what they're doing. You know, maybe their background sales and marketing. Uh, I have a ton of friends like you in this industry and, uh, and I'll do an assessment and match them up with the right people. So that now I'm a founder and CEO. So um, in a in a process of discovery as a person, a continuous learner, um, you know, and and thrilled to be here with you guys. That's awesome, Jordan. Yeah. You got anything you want to jump? We were talking that I dominate all the yapping all the time, but you got anything you want to hit off with first before I start oh. asking some questions? Yeah, I'll just start with congratulations, Marty, of, of, of you've had a very successful career and you heard the awards and I've known you now for probably a couple of years and just enjoy our conversations. And I and I uh, respect and um, appreciate what you do from the Terry College of Business. And we've we've actually had the fortunate ability to take on some of your previous students and work with them. And they're nothing but outstanding. So thank you. Uh, they, they speak for your work and what you do. And, and uh, yeah, congratulations on launching the company and being the founder and CEO. It's exciting. Looking forward to it. Know you'll do great and appreciate you do all with us. So, um, but yeah, so that's just a little bit of background of our relationship, but yeah. So just really more so congrats on everything you've done Thank so you. far. Yeah. Thank you. And and to you all as well. I mean, you've been through this now for several years and I've watched your journey and learned a lot from you as well. And uh, it's just exciting to see what Zion is doing and uh, my students intern there, they work there, they love it there. They love the culture there. They love working with you. And um, you are right at the cutting edge of what's happening in the supply chain uh, with all the newest and latest, greatest technologies, which I talk about in class. So thank thank you so much. Yeah, we, uh, we've actually got 
So we call him Georgia Jake because we've got about four, <laughs> three or four Jacobs now. So Georgia yeah. Jake is uh, our second producer of the podcast show. He took over for Jacob McMillan and just hadn't missed the beat. He's in the background right now, but they're both came from the program. So, uh, Marty, yeah. before I dive into uh, the, by the way, they both worked for me first. <laughs> Did they? Well, yeah, they were go. both so, interns at uh, Rainy Compression Essentials. Well, uh, there we so, go. Yeah, so uh, I, I know both of them really well. Well, listen, I, I Jake spent some time with me yesterday. So Jake and I got to meet. And what I learned about Jake, I know he's backstage listening, is we're going to get him working in golf and less because he's a plus two handicap in golf. So, Jimmy, just so you know, I'm a 10. I've been playing my whole life. I've never even thought about being plus anything. So that's phenomenal. He's a very good you're, golfer. You're, right now, I won't play him. Are you a plus 10 or is it a negative? How does that work? If we play, I've been playing for 30 years. And if Jake and I play from the same tees, he's given me 12 shots in 18 months. Oh. So put it in perspective. Yeah. Did you did so, you uh, did you trust but verify this, or are you just going straight off of? This is just straight trust. It was a good conversation. It was engaging, and I'm, okay. I'm taking them at face value. Yeah, we'll have to you. verify at some point. We'll get a little Zion outing and get them out. I wonder what I'd be if I came out and played. Well, I think the highest handicaps are 36. It's probably where you'd be. I'd probably be there. Right, right, 36. Yeah. There we well, go. You know, right. I'm taking Jake again to uh, the Masters Golf Tournament. To improve yeah, your supply chain, this is our fifth year uh, and his Jake's second year. Yeah. So I, I'm always looking for one of the students that knows something about golf. So he's going to be my golf expert to uh, tell me who all the younger players are because I'm sure he keeps up with it. Yeah, and what an I'm awesome glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Definitely yeah. want to talk about the Masters. Son. If I have any beef with Marty Paul, Marty Parker, it's like I don't. In the two years, I've never been even. It's never even been mentioned other no. than I'm going to the Masters and here's what I'm doing. So we might just we might just have that probably we got we got the stage right here, but we'll talk about that because that's cool. <laughs> I think that'd be an awesome experience. And yeah. Jordan's been with his dad. They've had that opportunity to yep. to share that together and be there. And I'm not a golf guy. I was a, I got into it like a lot of people probably did when Tiger first hit the hit the stage and it was just kind of exciting and just I think it brought in a new audience and I enjoyed it then, but I am an experienced person. Part of our mission or part of our vision is to memorable. I love a good experience. And I think Augusta probably has to be one of the top five experiences in golf. Right. I mean, you think about St. Andrews and some of the others, but it has to be a, it has to be an experience. Well, I, I remember one year I called it the best golfing event in the world. And um, I learned that they think of themselves as the best sporting event in the world. <laughs> And there are aspects of it, like the best bathrooms, exam as an example, that you'll ever see at any sporting event anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, spotless, always spotless. Um, you know, just just a, a, an awesome experience. And we get to go Sunday to Sunday, and uh, and the students are consultants, and 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 each year we get to see the improvements that the students have recommended. And, uh, you know, it's a world class organization. They're they're best in the world at what they do. And, um, you know, my students love it and they work really hard. Jake will tell you how hard he had to work. But um, they also learn a lot because they're they're doing real supply chain consulting work. That's awesome. We Jacob, when he was on one time, we talked about um, 
his experience, I think, when he came off of it last year, and he just talked about the amount of revenue and and um, oh shoot, um, gifts that yeah. It, yeah. It, it's just it's crazy how it is and how efficient it has to be. So never seen a pro shop or golf shop like that in my life. The size, amount of people, but man, it runs like a top. It's just you get in if you want to get out, you get out. You got a little. FedEx booth right next door. If you want to lug it around all day, you can ship it home. It's just, it's just, it was one of my top five experiences for me uh, beyond just golf. It's just, it's hard to put into words, Augusta National. Yeah. But anyways, awesome. I think we can get in some get of the back questions. On track. Well, yeah. I want to, I want to stay off track just a little bit. I think I saw where you had some family stuff going on recently, Marty. Did we have a, did we have a wedding or did we have, you want to talk yes. a little bit about your yes, family? I'm a big family guy, so I think it's important people Absolutely. know family is important uh, so to you. I have two daughters, Rachel and Becca. Uh, Rachel got married in December to uh, Matthew Williamson, and he's he, we love him to death. And uh, Becca's getting married in June to uh, Jack Osmer, um, who uh, has has a wonderful job. He does digital marketing for the Falcons. He's got a got nice. an amazing job, um, but. Um, the, the wedding was December 9th up in uh, Dahlonega and Matthew was crying and I was crying. He, he's just, we just love him to death. Uh, but, you know, like, like all weddings, we, we did have one issue um, uh, at the reception. You know, there's always an issue at a wedding, right? And uh, this, this guy, he, I think he'd been drinking a little too much and got a hold of the mic from the DJ and he was singing like James Brown and, Elvis. Now, now it was me, but um, <laughs> I set you up. Uh, didn't I? Yeah, 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 that's great. That's great. We, uh, I'm gonna go completely off. Well, congratulations on that. I know Thank families. You. And if you want to splice my song into the podcast, we can certainly, certainly. I need to yeah. connect you with Big Jim. Because I took him to a wedding in Germany for an exchange student with us, and Big Big Jim never drinks. Never. I've seen him drink twice in my life, both at weddings. Neither outcome was good. The first one, I heard him the next morning, and it sounded like an ogre dying in the background. <laughs> and the second one was I looked over, and he had been harassing the German DJ to play the twist. And... He finally got him to play it, and I looked over, and he, he was out dancing. I've never seen my dad dance either, so he danced. And I look over about four songs after the twist is off, and he's over by himself in the corner still twisting. And so, well, hey, I, I just want to be clear. I am, I am the king of karaoke. So I can yeah. sing James Brown, uh, a go-to is Brick House, uh, yeah. Frank Sinatra, Elvis, Beyonce. I, I don't care. I'm going to sing it. And I'm going to sing it well. I'll send you the video. You'll be, I think you'll be. We impressed. need the video. We may nice. just I'll incorporate like that in. That's right. Put that podcast. right in here. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I'm, I always respect people. I mean, family's important to Zion. Families, we, we're a family company and just the people we interact with. It's, I think you end up finding yourself, you hear, hear often that you're the, you're the, you're the product of the five people you spend the most time with. And it's really true. If you want to see who you are and, how you are, look around at who you hang out with and our partners, our advisors, our, our, our friends like you, Marty, we, we just, I think there's commonality and families at the core of it, you know, for me and uh, one of, one of the cores for me and Jordan as well. And um, 
So let's turn the page. How did you get into teaching? So you, um, how long have you been doing it? You've obviously are very skilled at doing it. Your, your kids love you. You're a connector. You're a relationship guy. You're giving them real world experience. How, how did, how did you get into teaching and, uh, how long have you been doing it? And just, just a little bit on that journey. Yeah. So this is my eighth year at UGA after a long, successful career in industry and manufacturing and supply chain. And, um, so, uh, I show a video and I do this thing called a life lecture where I actually tell the story, but I, I, I was in my car, uh, driving near here in one of those, uh, thunderburst storms and, um, you know, trees are swaying and, um, Next thing I know, we're driving along about 35 miles an hour and uh, a tree hit our car. And my daughter and her best friend, Kelsey, was in the back. And the and, and this is on my LinkedIn, by the way. You can see the video. Um, I was the first time I was ever on the news. And it accordion the car, the tree hit the front, the largest branch hit the trunk, and we walked out unscathed. And that, and that um, your life flashes before your eyes what really occurred. And um, shortly after that is when, when Terry approached me and, and, and I went to my wife and said, hey, you, you know, I, I've always wanted to teach. Um, and, um, you know, would you support a 300 percent pay cut uh, to for, for me to do this? And, and Beth uh, was all in. And so we downsized the house, downsized the cars, did all the things you got to do. Uh, to give back. Now, with consulting, that's changed, but that was the decision then. And um, I, I later found out it's called something. It's called an encore career. A lot. If you Google encore careers, a lot of people in their late 40s, early 50s, um, you get to this point um, where you're thinking about, well, what is my legacy? You're thinking about significance. Um, and um, there was, uh, I forget the name of the book uh, that's about that, Halftime, a book called Halftime, talks about that. And I'd read the book at 40 and it didn't make any difference. I read it in my 50s and it got my attention. You know, what, what is my legacy? Um, what am I leaving behind? And, it, and I'd made sort of building products in stucco for 23 years. So suddenly um, I, I'm uh, given this opportunity to do what I wanted to do and love and best one of the best decisions I've ever made. Best decision was marrying Beth. Um, second best decision uh, was was taking this job at UGA. I just wrote that book halftime down because I feel like I'm kind of at halftime right now, but that's pretty cool. And uh, I think the author's I, Bob Buford. I can't remember completely, but it's an easy read and it really gets your attention. Yeah, I really love the statement of like you, you get to a point I call it, if you've ever seen the matrix, I think you get to certain points in your career and life or in a sport you play, and it's kind of like you've cracked the code to the matrix. And I feel like the last couple of years, I've gone through that experience. We had, you know, starting Zion, working with people I love every day, just truly enjoying what we do, whether it's craziness or it was it was getting it started. And But you, you start seeing things a little more clearly and you can really if you can envision pushing stuff over, it's like that may have had my attention at one point, but it's not who I am now and not what I want to do now. And 
this over here is more of, I, I don't know what I've really put it in terms of legacy, but it's, I want to do work that's worth doing is what I call it in my personal mission statement. It's like, man, you just gravitate to not going to do that. <laughs> not going to do yeah. this. And you, it, it takes change. It's like, like you said, it's you, you find out and you, you get to a place, you got the house, you got the cars and you have to make a significant life change. And I love that you involved Beth, your wife. And I don't know if I met Beth, but I, I think good, good, good men, have a better half at home usually that that help balance them out because us men can be crazy sometimes with what we want but that's a cool story so eight years uh you met drew how did i'm going to incorporate drew since he's he the big guy's feeling a little bad i talked to him about five minutes before this he's he's got he's got a little bit of the flu and he's got a little oh, pneumonia no. set in and he's He's not feeling real good and he's getting better. He told me he's all right, but he, uh, he told me to tell you hi, but that's how we met. I think this relationship, ultimately the, the, the thread that pulled this group together and how, yeah. how did you and Drew meet? I don't know what I, I don't so, remember the story if I've heard it. Yeah. I'd been teaching about a year and Drew called the department head and say, Hey, I, I really want to get involved in UGA and get back and um, found out Drew's background in supply chain. So he introduced us. Drew was my first guest lecturer and the students just love Drew. And um, Drew really is the basis now for all the guest lectures I have because students see, you know, 10,000 PowerPoint presentations from professors and Drew came in and just talked to him and uh, asked them questions. You, you've seen him in action. Yeah. And it was very dynamic. They really enjoyed it. Uh, he was telling stories and he's been guest lecturing every year in my class now for seven years. And so I, you know, I followed his career, became friends, you know, gave him advice along the way. I remember he was talking to me about Zion. I, I was like, go for it. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um, and so, uh, and, and he would coach and mentor students too, even uh, before Zion meet with them, uh, connect with them on LinkedIn, talk to them about their careers. So that that's how we got to know each other. That's awesome. That is awesome. So let's roll this into one of our questions that we had. It's like, so you've taught, you've done a lot, you've, you've had a you've had a lot of your career. It's probably hard to narrow this down, but maybe what's one of your favorite accomplishments at the school with this this season of life? Like what's what's one of your favorite accomplishments from from the teaching that you've done? Yeah. Um, from teaching, I, I would say, well, teaching is the biggest accomplishment I'm going to because I hadn't taught before, so I had to learn how to do it. So I watched um, the best in the world. So so I've had to teach myself how to do marketing, teach myself. You know, I'm a, I'm a chief marketing officer as much as I am a chief operating officer. Um, I'll teach myself SAP. I mean, all the kind of things I've had. And you, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, um, yeah, sure. even leadership, but I had to teach myself how to teach. And so I, I watched uh, courses from Stanford, courses from MIT, courses from um, all the best programs that I could find in operations management. And, um, and then, you know, got feedback, made it more experiential. Um, I, I think the supply chain advisory board, if I had to pick one thing, um, you, you've been there. It's the fastest growing, probably the second highest revenue board for UGA. 
um, we, we nearly doubled the salaries of the students coming out and now they get multiple job offers. Uh, you, it's a who's who of leaders, you know, uh, vice presidents and CEOs of Kings Hawaiian and Home Depot and Augusta National and Central Garden and Ped and Zion Solutions Group. And I mean, it goes on and on and on. And um, they are, are active in our program and our students are working at their companies as interns and full time. So I, I think that board and, and then, you know, Jake um, and Jacob uh, are both leaders and have been both been leaders on that board and the students now run it and they do an amazing job taking care of all the details. So I, if I had to pick one thing, I think that would be it. That's awesome. I think it goes back into your motto of, you know, your one, one thing is to help students and companies grow and succeed. So for me, at least I'm part of several different boards. So I, I didn't go to the university of Georgia, but what a beautiful campus. I've told Jordan, I don't, I don't think we've gotten you down there yet. Have we Jordan, but the campus, we no, brought, I've been down in the campus, but just touring, just walking around. Yeah. 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 Man, it's such a beautiful camp. I went to the university of Louisville and um, it's unique in how the business school and what you've done in the supply chain, it is a paid advisory position, yes. but there's so much value and benefit out of it. And I think I'd call it an ecosystem. So you've yes. got young students learning how to be professionals and do the work and they do an outstanding job at it. And then you've got, reception and networking events and there's value added back and and ultimately it's it's you know it's the circle of life you've got students helping you give a platform to the companies like us we were able to be a keynote speaker there a couple of years ago and we it's connecting yeah <laughs> so there's companies that connect with each other and that's what life's about relationships but then it's providing an avenue for your students and I think that's something to be super proud of and, and that, that it was your idea and that the ecosystem you've built and uh, you almost, if you didn't go, if you went to another school and you didn't know about it, you almost wouldn't know how, how cool of a thing it is that you really got there. If we, yeah, if somebody's yeah. listening, what, what would you, what would you encourage a company or an individual? Maybe how could they get in touch with you about this and maybe plug in and maybe we'll put this in the show notes too, but. Are you accepting new companies? Are you looking for people yes. to grow? Is there yes. still space? So, um, so first, it wasn't my idea. It was Bob Vandenberg, the department head. And then I executed the, the idea. Sweet. Um, yeah. But I, I would say um, you can Google UGA Supply Chain Advisory Board. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, I'm an influencer, supply chain influencer on LinkedIn. Um, Marty Parker, UGA, get, get to me that way. So there, there's any, uh, any number of ways that you can, can get to me. I'm, I'm all over the internet as you're aware. Uh, you yeah. can, you can tweet with me. I mean, I'm, I'm supply chain dog on, uh, on Twitter. There, there's a whole bunch of ways to reach me. And we'll share, we'll share this with the audience. It'll be in the show notes. Georgia Jacob, he's taking notes right now. I see him in the background taking notes. He's got it. Gave me a thumbs up. So. I like that supply chain influencer. I might start calling myself that on LinkedIn as I'm a, I'm a supply go. chain influencer on LinkedIn. Not, not really, but you do a great job with that. So well, let's you. get in. Today's episode is really supposed to be about sustainable. I, I, I believe that's what we call it. Let me see yeah. is reducing waste in the supply chain. So we've spent 30 minutes talking and just having fun, which is what we do. But let's dive into maybe 
hit this at, at a high level, Marty, of just saying what uh, what are some of the things you're seeing, you have seen, you're teaching your students about, take it wherever you want, but waste in the supply chain. We know there's lots of it, and uh, some companies have figured this out, others haven't, but what's some maybe top waste that you see in the supply chain and just some advice or tools or guidance or the, the three to five minute elevator speech and how do you get rid of waste in the supply chain? So that's a very complicated question, <laughs> um, and, but I'm going to try to give you a succinct answer. Um, okay. First, we all can impact that, right? We make decisions daily uh, about the choices that we're making. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about some of those kinds of choices that we make. Um, the biggest one I like to talk about is circularity. And uh, not many people understand this or talk about this. It's kind of newer thinking. Uh, I've learned a lot from my kids about this, honestly, but I teach a case on Herman Miller. And if you're familiar with like the Aeron chair or the mirror yeah. chair with Herman Miller, they last forever. They literally last forever. You can refurb them, resell them. So instead of over your life sitting in 10 or 15 terrible cheap chairs that you have to throw away, buy one and have it forever. So that is probably one of the biggest impacts that we can make and decisions that we can make um, by, by buying high quality tools, by buying high quality clothes. Um, there, there, and um, uh, there was a great article today, I'll send it to you, Wall Street Journal, Journal talking about how furniture is becoming garbage. Uh, it's it's um, people are buying these $3,000 sofas that in like two years, you're sinking into them. They're just not built the way they were. And you're having now to buy a sofa every two or three years. It used to be those things could last 15, 20 years. So <clears throat> we, we, we have to do that. Uh, I think the other thing for me is to look at your entire supply chain, just not your little piece, but uh, go all the way back into your suppliers and the practices they have and the decisions they're making all the way down to making it easy for your consumers to uh, use your product, return it, um, the, you know, th those sorts of things. But um, the, the last thing I would tell you is um, and, and how to solve some of the problems, but I implemented ISO 14001. So 14,001 is a standard that will require you as a company to improve continuously over time and to measure your, your supply chain and measure all your outputs and, and improve them. Um, and there's another company that uh, used to be on my board, Ecovatus. And back in the day, if I wanted to check on a supplier, I had to schlep on a plane and see if they had sustainable practices. You don't have to do that anymore with Ecovatus. They have a scoring system and they, they audit and rate and make sure that your supply network is sustainable and, and score that. So um, I teach that as a case too, uh, because it's so much better today with uh, sort of the technology and accountability that you can, can have in this. So th those are the, the things that I teach about on a, on gotcha. a high level. <clears throat> gotcha. 
you know, you think about like just the example you gave, it's, it's, if you sell a product as a business owner, you're almost, the incentive is not there to have a product that lasts forever. I mean, you just, you, you think of Apple has conditioned us and maybe a bad example, but their software after, you know, every three to five years or really it's two, probably they're, they conditioned to get rid of this and get rid and get you a new one, get the latest and greatest, which, you know, you think about software that, Hardware, I can see that, but software, you would think you could update it. And uh, you think about a chair that you sell one that lasts forever. That's how do companies balance this 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 need of growth and revenue and that with while balancing it with the known fact of waste? Like it almost seems like the incentive for a company would be to create a couch that doesn't last longer than three years, and then you force the consumer to have to go get another one. But there's a bigger there's a bigger cause and effect of that type of, of attitude or manufacturing practice or consumer behavior, right? So what do you, how do you, how would, if you told me that to build a chair that lasts forever, I'm like, Marty, man, how, there's a finite number of chairs I can sell in this world. So how do I diversify my business, right? Well, first I'd say it's a wildly successful company, right? So um, people pay a premium for it. So you, sure. you know, you're, you're going to pay $1,500 for an Aeron chair instead of a $99 Staples chair, right? So, um, and, and people are willing to do that within the niche of people that care. Uh, sure. It used to be folks from my generation didn't care all that much, frankly. But kids and younger people care about that. They care. They, they buy Lululemon because the, the nylon is plant-based, not oil-based. They pay... $150 for something that they could have gotten for 20. Um, but that same thing they bought could last forever. And so um, it, it actually, you know, Ben and Jerry's does this, Coca-Cola does this. Uh, I've got a couple of great examples from Chick-fil-A that I can talk about as the best examples of this. So these are successful high margin companies. And think about like the things you sell uh, you're not going to pick the worst, cheapest conveyor company. You're not going to pick the worst, cheapest controls software company or audit or whatever uh, robotics and logistics, because your reputation is at stake. And so, and you're, you don't want, you want a premium position as well it, 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 with Zion. You don't want to be known as the fly by night. Um, so, it's a Jimmy, it's a longer time horizon. And just as an example, in the US, a lot of public companies are looking for two year paybacks. Um, I worked for a German company that talked about 10 year paybacks. So um, if you on environmental thinking begin to extend your um, time horizon, you're going to get paid back. Just extend it and think clearly about your pricing strategy because there, there is a significant niche, a significant marketplace of people that'll pay a premium. Um, and, and I know you know that from the selling cycle of what you do. Hey, you can go with that cheaper one. It's not gonna last. Go with what Zion's putting together for you. It's gonna last. Right. It's a good, it's a good call out you have been just thinking about that. If you think about we, we face the similar things with, with, with ROIs, you know, people typically want two to three year ROIs, sometimes getting to four, maybe five at best case. 
And a lot of times it's driven from the 3PL market having contracts that are a three-year renewable. You know, they're starting to extend out to five, maybe some even at seven. But one thing that we never really talk about is the fact that I could give you a three-year ROI and then you have to replace it, right? Versus if I give you a six-year ROI and it's going to last you 10 years, 12 years, <clears throat> what does that mean to you? And what is that difference? So we always focus on how quick we get paid back. We don't spend enough time focusing on well, how long is it really going to last me? So I think that's an excellent point that you bring up that we really don't spend a lot of time on. And I think, you know, we should and as should others. Yeah. And and looking at the total life cycle cost of something, another example is uh, the company I worked for, Stowe. We sold a paint that lasts twice as long as any other paint, and it costs a lot more. The companies that buy, buy the cheaper stuff, they're not thinking about, like the disruption to their customers. Let's say they're painting and renovating a hotel. Well, if I only have to do that every 10 years instead of every five years, right? You know, th they're missing a whole part of the payback calculation. Or Herman Miller, uh, I could have a refurbished business, you know, so I could actually make money on the maintenance, like you all could make money on the on the ongoing maintenance. Um, and so um I think more and more companies are starting to look at it from a bigger, broader perspective. Uh, unfortunately, there will be a subset of kind of commodity product companies that, um, you know, have very low margins that aren't. But there is going to be a, a, a target market of both consumers and uh, companies that think that way. I think we I could I, I could spend several minutes talking on this, but I. I think the sell on the other is easier, but it's more transactional selling. It's it's yeah. selling on price. You're buying on price. And so when I think about it, how it relates to us, I loved how you bring it back in. It's like you got to change what the way that you're viewing your return on investment. Yeah. And I believe America and some of the demographics and, and the, the next generation that's coming up, they care more about yes. how it impacts the environment what it's going to mean instead of just its lowest price, make it work, go in, get, you know, quality was, was secondary maybe to price. And, and there were, there were financial factors that outweighed some of the other factors. And, you know, Jordan, you you sit in sales a lot and it's harder. It's harder to quantify your value prop when you're selling like this. But I think as a company, one of the things we do well, and that's, we try to do well. I think we do it pretty well is you got to understand there's a certain demographic of customers that are willing to pay for that and buy that. And then you don't, you, you become very focused on that's the customer base. And then you have the confidence and conviction when you meet the customer that's and it's okay. It's not looking for that. You're, we're not a good fit. And I think we've done that, had the opportunity to do that really well at Zion. It's like, we've had conversations with customers of, Listen, money's the only thing that really matters to you at the end of the day. And we're not in the business of a transactional money relationship. We feel our value is the softer stuff. How do we help you? And anybody can sell you rack, but can anybody help you lay out your operation? Can they think through the ergonomic needs of workstations? Can they help you design your labels and your location schema? I'm just picking a, an example. It's more of a commodity buy in our industry. And so I love how you I love how you say that. And we see a lot. We're we're uh, I was on with a customer yesterday. They've gotten a twenty plus year lifetime out of a out of a tilt tray sorter, and they're looking at how do they upgrade it because it's end of life now. It's done its job, 
they don't make parts for this anymore. The parts are becoming harder. And so now you've got a significant risk where they're looking at how do they upgrade that or change it. But I love this topic. Yeah. Jake, Jake, Georgia Jake's told me I got about eight minutes left. So <laughs> student wise, I think you're going to have a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, I hope, or maybe the snip of this, um, Marty is what advice would you have for maybe some of today's students? What are you seeing? What, what, what success look like of the students that's coming through your program for eight years? What type of qualities do they have? What advice maybe do you have for them? I always like to get an educator's view of this. because. So, um, you know, ours is not a super technical program in the sense that it's an emphasis with a management degree, which is sort of like an undergrad MBA in a sense. So they take courses in leadership and, um, um, uh, strategy and finance and marketing, and it's very holistic. And, um, you know, one of the board meetings, I don't, I don't know, I don't think you were there, Jimmy, but the students did a Q&A asking, well, what do we need in the marketplace? And all these super technical VPs didn't say a word that was technical. It was working with others. It was taking initiative. It was um, being organized. It was being a nice person. It was these kinds of things. So um, um, I, I tell my students, um, the difference between you now and when I see you again in three years, because I, I have them all connect with me on LinkedIn for extra credit and maintain a long-term relationship is confidence. Um, and so they are awesome, uh, but they don't know it. You know, Jacob didn't know how awesome he was until he started doing stuff. Um, and, uh, and being successful at it. And so, um, uh, trying new things, trying things that you don't know how to do, um, learning those things, th those are all the kind of things that I teach them that the, they've got to do. Uh, we want people that work well together and, and we want people that, um, are, are part of a team and support that broader team. And uh, our, our kids get a lot of education and classes in that. They get internships. And then we, <clears throat> Troy and Jan and I talk about that in our supply chain classes as well. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Go ahead, Jordan. You look like you were. Uh, I was just going to say, I think it, you hit a key there. And it is, it, it, it's, it's confidence. A lot of people talk about confidence and a lot of people, you know, hope to have confidence. Some people just don't and they won't, but that's okay. But when it comes to confidence, it can be challenging to have confidence in a team environment without being arrogant, right? And Correct. It's, be it's, assert, I tell them, be assertive, but yes. don't be arrogant. Right. <clears throat> the big difference. When you when you meet somebody that, that has that confidence or they are assertive, but they also know how to work within a team environment, right? Um, but also they're, they, they're okay knowing that, hey, I, I may not know this, right? I'm going to ask for help because that's okay too. Or you know, knowing when you're wrong and being open to other ideas. And I, I struggle with it at times and I try to be aware of that and make it better. But when you find that that trio within a within an individual, to your point, their technical knowledge that can be taught, that can be trained. Yep. Some of those elements, they're just it's just, it's a much harder challenge. So no, same qualities I think right. we look for. Yeah. Yeah. And I I uh, I think the kids are amazing. I've hired probably 30 of them as yeah. interns in various uh, businesses I've worked. Um uh, through tech six. So, so it's kind of funny. They see me in the classroom and then they see me at work. Um, and I, I, I find them extraordinary. 
I mean, you know, this, Jacob and Erica Gaddy implemented an ERP system <laughs> for a company. Two yeah. interns. Are you yeah. kidding me? Um, you know, I know companies that have hordes of people that can't do that. So, um, yeah, they're they're pretty amazing. Yes. Yeah, I think they get. And again, I, I don't even know, you know, and they may not realize the opportunities they've got, because I think one of the things that academics needs to change is there's the way academics work and there's the way the real world works. And so that hybrid of let me let me show you how the real world works and teach you through an academic. I, I think the education system at the the master's levels, like I would have benefited from that. I got that internships and co-ops are designed for that, but I, I've got a small sample, Marty, but you all, you and the teachers are doing something right. The kids that I call them kids or not, they're young professionals, but the ones that are coming are just, they don't understand their worth. Uh, they, they, they don't understand how bright they are. And that's the main reason I've supported co-op programs for my entire professional career. One, I was a co-op and I got a lot of value out of it. But two, if you're a company looking to to find how do you stay fresh, how do you get new innovative ideas, how do you see the newest technologies coming at you, you know what you need to do? Go get in an intern in a co-op program because these yes. these young professionals are so smart. And that's what we've gotten. Georgia Jake, Jacob, Erica worked for us for a stint. Um, I'm missing somebody that worked for us. I'm, my memory's getting bad, but... You would Maddie. Maddie worked for us for yeah. for for a for a little bit, and uh, we've just gotten so much value out of it. So kudos to you and the staff that's doing it. And I've got an idea. Maybe one of these next, uh, you you and Jake can take this back. Is maybe the students would do well to have some type of sit down panel. We'd be glad to participate in it. Of like hear from Jake and Jacob and Erica if we could get them all back and and make time to say. What did they get out of their experience working with a company like Zion? And and we could do a panel. Sounds just, like another podcast for you. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty awesome because it's you know sometimes you got to experience it, and um, we feel like we're different. I think they would probably share that we've got a big focus on and companies out there. You got to embrace these these co-ops and interns are not people that come in and you do all my busy you know the the crap work for a le less less word to use is give these kids and give these professionals a challenge, give right. them the opportunity to grow in it. And, um, and it takes more effort. It certainly takes effort. Jake and I talk once a week and that's 30 minutes or an hour. I could be spending on something else, but man, the investment's so worth it. And, uh, yeah. thank you for, thank you for what you do there, Marty. Oh, but I mean, you. it's, yeah. The students that are miserable in their internships are bored. Uh, yes. So the, I, I always try to give them way more than they can ever do and a way to sort of track how to do it, you know, and somehow they watch YouTube videos and they figure it out. They read and figure it out. So, um, you, you know, you want, them to, you want to challenge them for sure. Jake's got about 100 tasks and I keep sending him four emails every day and telling him to add it to a list because I'll forget yeah. I sent four emails on it and he's doing absolutely fabulous with it. So well, let's wrap this up. Marty, I sure. want to give you the, the opportunity at the end. You talked a little bit about that. Do you want to plug in anymore? Do you want to share any more on it? I'm super yeah, excited. For I mean, it. it's, uh, yeah. I'll be honest with you. It's companies that, um, so I'm creating affiliates that I uh, know they're, they're, Dear friends, they they have great uh, businesses that 
can help in the supply chain, in manufacturing, in service operations. And then I have um, people that are looking for help with that, but they don't they don't know where to go. So uh, I've got a, a couple of clients right now. So yeah, I'm I'm re revenue and profit uh, positive right out of the gate, which is nice. And um, the the way it'll work is I'll just uh, look at the supply chain issue, the service ops issue, or the manufacturing issue. And rather than do sort of the hardcore work myself, uh, I'm going to match them up with the people that can help them do it. Um, you know, I've, I've spent a long time doing the work myself, um, but now uh, I know who they need to talk to. So I'm building partnerships uh, to, to uh, be able to put that together. And I'll be honest with you, I'm doing it with people that I like, people that I want to work with. Um, people that I know that are going to do good work because my reputation will be on, on the line. Um, and um, really excited about it. And you'll see more, you know, I'll be creating content about the partners that I've signed, the affiliates that I've signed and um, help, helping them get the message out about what they do, but also creating um, uh, through, through my uh, own efforts and um, my own marketing efforts to um, uh, help the people that have problems in this space. So I'm, supply chain, people don't realize, is a helping profession. They just don't realize it. They figured it out during COVID when they couldn't get their stuff. And, um, you know, we're helping people get their stuff. And, and normally it's behind the scenes and nobody thinks about it. But uh, now we all know. And so I'm, I'm kind of taking that um, uh, companies need uh, help to adapt to a changing world, as you know. And um, but they need someone that's adept like me, like Zion, that can come in and solve that problem uh, with them and for them. So that that was the idea of um, the adapt with the AE is uh, help companies adapt by putting them with people that are adept. That's awesome. I'm, I'm sending Georgia Jake a little note here. I'm going to do something special at the end of this episode. So Marty, I feel like we, you know, look at this, your first podcast, 50 minutes have gone by. It's like, where does, where does the time go? Uh, we've covered a lot of ground, just a, a great story. We wish you nothing but success. We know it's going to be successful because you're in the relationship business. You're all about connecting people your heart and your motto's on how do you make people and companies better. And just when I think when you do that, you're, you're blessed with, with success and the world chases success sometimes too much without understanding. You got to have a purpose and a vision and a mission for that, that success. So we're living a similar dream over here is we, we want to have memorable experiences and guide intelligent change. And we've been blessed with a lot of good customers and um, we're, we're just thankful you took some time to meet with us. A little longer episode, but that's okay. Are there, uh, I want to do two things. So Jordan, I don't know if you can stay on or not, but I want to do something. We're going to, at the end of it, we'll, we'll separate it as a little new piece of content. I'm going to do a TZE extra because I want to hear about what Chick-fil-A's done and, and maybe anybody else. We'll just have that as a separate piece of content, sure. maybe five, sure. 10 minutes. And we'll Almost like the example. Here. Yeah, that's good. We're, we're breaking ground here. So we, uh, we, <laughs> We'll wrap this portion of it up and this will be the end of the podcast. Do you got any final comments or 
Jordan, you got any final comments as we, we wrap the podcast up? No, I'll let Marty go. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, we all want sustainability uh, because we all are sharing this together. And so, you know, we're helping each other when we're making these decisions as companies, as we're making them as individuals. Um, and th there's something that feels good about that. And in the day and age, we found ourselves where everybody seems to be at each other's throats. And th this is this is a planet that we all can make better together. And um, the supply chain is a big part of that. And uh, we can do it in our individual decisions. We can do it in, in companies like, like the work Chick-fil-A has done with their lemonade and their styrofoam cups. Um, we, we can do it in lots of different ways. And so um, it, it, it just fits in, uh, you know, what supply chains are doing every day and the people are doing uh, to support those supply chains every day. I love that. Jordan, yeah. did you have something you wanted in with? Oh, I think it's all great and appreciate it. And I'll look, I can't stand on for the Chick-fil-A story, so I'll, 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 uh, I'll follow up, see what we've got. But no, I think this, again, Marty, thanks for getting on. And I think we could spend a whole nother episode talking about any one of those topics we discussed today. And then we'll figure well, you out know where I am. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure out our shirts. I'm a, I'm a proponent of getting the large to be the new small. So then you'll be between you know, a medium and a large. That's, that should be what it is. So I think we we'll can do a podcast just about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wraps up the podcast. If you're still with us listeners, thank you. We, uh, we're going to keep on rolling. We're going to have just a, a moment of silence and I'm going to go into, uh, with Marty on another topic and spend another five minutes on it. But, but thank you. Jordan, if you got to drop off, brother, appreciate it. Yep. And Marty, just Thanks hang out with you, me. Jordan. All right. Yeah, you too. See you guys.